Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, and with me today, straight out of Brooklyn, retired NYPD detective, Phil Grimaldi. How you doing today, Phil? I'm doing pretty good, Billy. How about you? Good. You know, I, I thought that today this the, the major topic in the news right now is, of course, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And, uh, you know, normally this isn't a topic that we would cover, but it's an international topic right now, and everyone's talking about it. And people are talking about it also in regards to how is it going to affect us in this country? And it gets back to how it's going to affect us, you know, with uh, it comes full circle with crime, with the price of oil, with the price of gasoline, with inflation, with all the crazy things going up. And that, in a roundabout way, not even a roundabout way, a direct way, will have a, uh, a direct impact on crime and on the streets of New York and on the subways and all the things that they're trying to do now is sort of uh, put on a back burner with this Russian invasion of Ukraine. You know, Billy, uh, New York has a big Russian and Ukrainian population. And I saw some interviews last night on the news and from both sides, they're not too happy with Vladimir Putin. And uh, actually I saw also on the news, there were some thousands of people demonstrating in uh, Russia I mean, this is basically a war of brother against brother. This used to be one uh, big country. Uh, it split off years ago. And, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin wants to take over uh, Ukraine. He's uh, moving in. He's going right for the capital. Uh, he's put like a bounty on the head of the Ukrainian president. And basically, um, he's like a madman that's out of control. But however, I don't think he's... Um, he, he's very, very smart. He's very calculating is the point that I wanted to make. I think he's getting up in age. He's 70 years old and he's looking to make a uh, legacy that he took back uh, areas of uh, the former Soviet Union that, uh, that, you know, that were once part of the great USSR. And uh, he's looking to uh, reclaim some of it. You know, some of these images you're seeing on the screen, there's people underground in their subways. They almost look like New York subways so inhabited by homeless. But these people are fleeing the bombing and the invasion of the Russian troops. So the New York Times said uh, Russia continued its attack on Ukraine early Friday, one day after it invaded the country by land, sea and air, killing more than 100 Ukrainian soldiers and civilians and ominously touching off a pitched battle at the highly radioactive area around the Chernobyl nuclear reactor that melted down in 1986. Videos verified by the time showed a large explosion in the sky over the outskirts of southern Kiev, the capital, around 4.20 a.m. Friday. Witnesses filmed fiery debris falling over parts of the city, and videos appeared to show at least two surface-to-air missiles being fired from Kiev before the explosion. I mean, it's really, just think of these how terrified these people are. Uh, to, to live among this as there's actually an invasion into their country. And, you know, Russians and Ukrainians, they're basically related. You know, it's it's like, almost like, you know, our country fighting amongst our own country. But, you know, there's different political ideologies. And clearly Putin uh, wants to go in there and just take over the government and put in some just, um, you know, uh, a, a puppet government that will do whatever the, uh, Russia wants them to do. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, Billy. Uh, the president of Ukraine uh, doesn't follow the same uh, thinking that Putin does. Uh, he wants to control the country. He's going to put in a puppet government, just like you said. The thing that's really striking to me, though, Billy, is that, um, you know, you have the, the this Russian military. They're 
it seems like they're indiscriminately bombing areas of Ukraine that, uh, you know, I saw an apartment building that was blown out. Civilians are being killed. Uh, people are in great fear. I mean, you know, they usually go for the military targets and stuff like that. But there's another po- component of this that I think that Putin didn't count on to resolve the Ukrainian people. The Ukrainian people are not going to just cut and run. They're going to stand up for themselves. I mean, uh, the the government was giving out uh, arms to basically civilians that weren't even in the military to, to stand up and fight. They've even instructed make Molotov cocktails in your kitchen to fight the forces. Uh, so I don't think this is going to be a, a, a quick battle. I think it's going to be a, a, a kind of a long and drawn out battle. And uh, even though they'll take out all the specific, you know, military targets and they'll take out some infrastructure at some point, they're going to have to have a ground assault. And when they do that, they're going to be, be met with guerrilla warfare. That's what it's you know, Phil, like. you, you would have think they would have learned their lesson from invading Afghanistan years ago where they got their butts kicked in. And uh, I guess they didn't. Let me play a little of this file tape from the news here. Uh, let me share it on the screen. There we go. Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war. And now he and his country will bear the consequences. President Biden announcing additional sanctions on Russia, going after the country's elites, large banks and companies, and technology exports. Russia unleashing an assault on Ukraine from multiple directions. And after a fierce battle, Ukraine lost control of Chernobyl, the site of the world's worst nuclear disaster. But Biden says the Russian president's ambitions are much bigger than Ukraine. He wants to, in fact, reestablish the former Soviet Union. That's what this is about. Families fleeing the violence are crossing the border into Poland. And, you know, old friends, everybody, everybody is... Uh, is in Kiev now and they are calling us and telling what is going on and it's and it's awful. And in several Russian cities, police reportedly detained hundreds as anti-war protesters took to the streets. Russia's president Vladimir Putin receiving international condemnation. Now we see him for what he is. A bloodstained aggressor who believes in imperial conquest. Putin calling the attack a necessary measure to protect Russia's security, warning interference would lead to consequences never seen before. We certainly would always be uh, ready for a dialogue which will bring us back to justice and the principles of the United Nations Charter. Make no mistake, it's not a military operation or whatever it was called yesterday in Donetsk or Lugansk. It's a war against Ukraine. But President Biden and allies have not tapped the most aggressive sanctions in their arsenal. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky urged them to cut Russia from the SWIFT financial network that connects banks around the world. And Biden said direct sanctions on Putin are still on the table. This aggression cannot go unanswered. This is police off the cuff. Uh, Inspector Ron Schindel, thank you so much for the 1999 Super Chat. Very much appreciated. You know, folks, we look at the um, uh, Russia has been building up military around Ukraine for about a month. And it seems that the sanctions and the response by the Western nations and by NATO is very slow in coming. 
I mean, Billy, his, his was, intent, I didn't mean to cut you off, but his intentions were known for probably about the past year. He was talking about this for quite a long time. And, you know, they waited until the invasion to act. And I just it, it just shows such weakness on our part. And, uh, you know, NATO, uh, I don't know, they're, they're caught between a rock and a hard place because of the country surrounding Russia that are part of NATO, you know? Well, one of the big problems is that Germany is in is in bed with Russia because of the oil pipeline going from Russia into Germany that supplies Germany with their energy. So Germany is a, a strong uh, component of NATO. And Absolutely. when they're compromised by getting their oil, that's this whole global economy is very complicated in times of war and in times of disagreement. We haven't even seen, and we're talking about one of the reasons we wanted to do this show is to show how this could also affect the U.S. and what's coming big time and both ways are cyber attacks. We're going to see cyber attacks probably because Russia's, they've tried to hit us already, but we're going to hit them with cyber attacks too. So this new, these new wars, it affects everything. It affects the economy. It affects the way we live. It affects the supply chain. And China is almost allied with Russia, quietly allied with Russia. So just think of that. Yeah, don't kid yourself. China is uh, definitely in lockstep with uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, they're going to be sitting on the sidelines watching what takes place, and then they're going to make a move on Taiwan. Now, when it comes to the energy factor, Germany has put themselves in the position that they're in by going with this Green New Deal kind of uh, uh, thinking, and they shut down all their nuclear plants. Nuclear power plants do not produce any uh, pollution into, into the environment. They shut them down, and now their supply, their, their supply is, I think, probably 50 or 60% coming from Russia. That's natural gas and oil. Now, if he decides to turn off the spigot, they're going to be in a world of you-know-what. And I think that that's something that they should have thought about long term. They were allowing themselves to be controlled by uh, a communist government, uh, Vladimir Putin. He's a, uh, obviously a dictator. They call him a president, but he's a dictator. And, you know, so now they're going to suffer the consequences of that. And the thing is, if President Biden would have showed some strength previous to all of this invasion that's going on now, there's a good chance that maybe this invasion may not have taken place. They could have probably put pressure on ahead of time with sanctions. And if he would open the spigots of the United States uh, 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 energy sources, natural gas, oil, and said, we're going to go full blast with producing oil and gas, uh, the prices would take a 25% drop. Now, yesterday when you and I spoke, Billy, if uh, the price of a barrel of oil is $40 or below, Vladimir Putin loses money. It's at $100 a barrel now. He's making billions every day off of the oil prices. So if we instituted policies that would bring those prices down and we got along with uh, the other oil producing companies like Saudi Arabia, we could bring the prices down. That would hurt him financially there. Then you would have... Uh, a, a situation where the pressure would start to build on him, where he might think twice about, all right, let me pull back. Let me take a small part. But he, he Biden has showed extreme weakness. Now, I'm not talking about Biden from a partisan position. This is my opinion. 
Uh, I would hope that he would do good. He's the president of the United States. I'm very unhappy with him being the president. It's not because I'm Republican or Democrat. It's because it's the truth. He's showed himself to be a horrible president. He's going to go down in history as worse than Jimmy Carter. And I think that this is why we had the two times when when Vladimir Putin reared his ugly head and took over uh, areas of uh, Ukraine. It was during the um, uh, Obama administration. Now he did it again during the Biden administration. It's clear that he's not afraid to act during these these completely uh, left wing Democratic uh, administrations. Well, you know, Phil, one of the things that uh, uh, whether you're a a Democrat or, or a Republican during a Trump administration, we were energy independent. Not only were we energy independent, but we were shipping out energy to other countries. Now. Whatever your feelings are about green energy and about global warming and all that stuff, I happen to believe it's a thing. But I think that they're going about it too quickly. You can't overnight get off oil. You have to do it very, very, very slowly. And it is, in fact, hurting our country right now because we're not producing that. Look, they don't want to frack. They don't want nuclear power. They don't want the pipeline. And all of that stuff was given up overnight. And we went from energy independence to energy dependence. And now when we see the world, Europe and NATO, how strong can NATO be when one of the top members of NATO is dependent on Russian oil? And so are we. We're actually importing Russian oil. It makes no sense whatsoever when we have more oil in this country than probably any other country in the world. But we're not going after our own resources. So look what's happening in the world right now. And let's, you know. It's, it's a disgrace. You know, Bill, I saw one of the talking heads on cable news yesterday make a statement, and it kind of made sense to me. Uh, the Biden administration and the current administration, the, the, the current policy, they want gas prices to be out of control. And the, the talking head made a statement and said, maybe it's because their friends are invested in these green companies, these uh, battery car companies and and battery uh, solar panels. And where do the solar panels come from? 90% of the solar panels are being made in China. So we're, we're emboldening, emboldening and strengthening our enemies with these current policies. So again, like you said earlier, if he was to turn on the spigots, uh, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and say, we're going to go full steam ahead. We're producing gas, uh, natural gas through fracking and oil. We're going to go into uh, the areas of the country that were shut off and we're going to go forward with these policies. You would see a major drop in oil prices quickly. It would happen quickly. They said I agree. just about overnight. So Lori Esters, Russian and China hand in hand. Russia waited for China Olympics to end and then invades Ukraine. I agree. China will invade Taiwan following this weakness emboldens evil countries and dictators. Lori, I cannot agree with you more. You're 100% right. China now is knocking on the door of Taiwan. And what are we going to do about it? You know, I think the American people have had it with putting boots on the ground in foreign nations and spending billions of dollars. And then we watched our government leave $80 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan. You think the the American people want to see this nonsense happen again? But, you know, we have to do something about it diplomatically. We have to cut them off uh, economically. There has to be a response. But I don't think the American people are going to fall for boots on the ground anymore in these foreign wars. Billy, you make such a great point. You don't think that Vladimir Putin and 
uh, President Xi in China were watching as we allowed Afghanistan to fall apart. All that we did over 20 years was lost in days. 13 Marines were blown up, killed, and and maybe hundreds of other people and, and other military injured. And we left $80 billion worth of high-tech equipment. This isn't just everyday stuff. This is the latest high-tech equipment and we walked away from it. So what message does that send to a guy like Vladimir Putin, you know, and, and President Xi? It showed weakness. And when we were under the, the Trump presidency, there were things were so chaotic, but he definitely showed, he portrayed strength. He had a, a very strict policy about don't mess with us or you'll be met with fire and fury. And, you know, th those words are not taken lightly around the world. You know, when the president of the United States makes those kind of statements, I, I, I think they take it serious. And then the minute he's out of office is when all this nonsense starts up. And, you know, I, I'm just hoping and praying that these the Russian military, that they're going to start to see. The, the the pain and the suffering and the loss that they're causing. And maybe they'll, they'll, I don't know, maybe uh, through his parliament that they can, you know, convince him to pull back and stop these horrible attacks. I mean, it's brother against brother. And I don't know if that fallout that's going to come on the other side of this war uh, that he may face of uh, Vladimir Putin in his own country. There are protests. So let's see what, uh, how that goes, but I just hope and pray that uh, the, the bloodshed can stop. All right, let's pull this. Uh reporting from earlier today in Mariupol, which is roughly right here. Uh, it is in part of this disputed area uh, that the that the Russians have now recognized. The Russians have recognized two oblasts. These are, for, for lack of a better word, provinces, Donetsk and Luhansk. Both Donetsk and Luhansk have cities in the center of them called the same thing, Donetsk and Luhansk. The area here in pink is the area that separatists have controlled for some time. Uh, Vladimir Putin is not concerning himself with the actual information here. He has declared both of these provinces or oblasts as Russian territory, and this is where he claims to be sending peacekeepers. There are 190,000 troops amassed all over here. This is the Russian border, but this is Belarus, which is a pro-Russian uh, independent country, and there are Russian troops all the way through Belarus. Belarus. This border at this side of uh, Belarus, this is Poland. This is all NATO over here. This is where, as far as NATO troops go, there are no NATO troops in Belarus, obviously. There are no NATO troops in Russia, and there are no NATO troops in Ukraine. So this is the situation as it seems right now. Let's go to Courtney Kuby, NBC News. You know, it's like it was so obvious that was the pre-invasion where all of the Russian troops were aligned. And it was like they, they, it was obviously they're going to take, uh, invade Ukraine. Yet we and other NATO countries waited till they invaded to hit them with sanctions. To me, that's, that's baffling. That is really baffling. And again, it shows weakness and it shows that we don't have the ability to push back the way we should be pushing back on this. And I just want to mention some of the things that we spoke about. One of the reasons we're doing this little broadcast today is that. This is going to affect us in the USA. It's going to affect us in New York. It's going to affect us in New York City because it's going to be this whole energy thing is going, is going to be a world crisis. You see the price of home heating oil. You see the when you go to the gas pump, you see the price of it. And it doesn't have to be that way. But we have this ideology of uh, going to green energy before we're ready actually to do it, you know. 
And their idea is to try to cut people off and from using um, fossil fuels. You know, Billy, uh, since Biden took office, where I get gas, uh, it's just about double from the day that he was elected in November of uh, 2020. Now, we're talking about it went from about $2 a gallon to it's up to almost $4 a gallon, a little bit under $4. Now what's going to happen, it's going to increase any more. They're talking about probably about a dollar a gallon more in the United States. So what happens is once gas prices go up, the price of commerce goes up because trucks move the different uh, uh, supplies that we need. The supply chain gets affected and just about everything's going to go up. I mean, we live in a world where people are using Uber. Uh, they're having food delivered. Uh, just everything we do uh, affect is affected by the price of a gallon of gas. I mean, your, your garbage pickup will go up, everything. So again, you're making some great points. This is going to affect us and it's going to be long-term because the prices are not going to come down anytime soon. This is a crisis that's going to affect not only the United States, it's going to affect the whole world. For years, Vladimir Putin has complained the U.S. and West have lied to Russia and have forced him to take action. You promised us in the 1990s that NATO would not move an inch to the east, he said just weeks ago. You cheated us shamelessly. Michael McFaul is the former U.S. ambassador to Russia. Putin has said the West, the United States, is provoking us, provoking me. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's be clear. Nobody's provoking Putin. This was how Europe was aligned at the peak of the Cold War, split between willing NATO allies in blue to the West and in red, countries that the Soviet Union used brutal force to keep in line with them. But when the Soviet Union fell, these Eastern European countries, now free, aligned with the U.S. and NATO. Russia's sphere of influence and its geographic buffer against NATO now shrunk considerably. Five NATO countries even border Russia, and many now host U.S. military bases. And Ukraine? It sits here, almost alone between Russia and the West. Too many people are believing that this is somehow about NATO expansion, when it's really about an unprovoked military invasion, should Putin decide to go in. Many are wondering, why Ukraine and, and why now? Well, why now? I think because President Putin has been obsessed with bringing Ukraine back into subjugation to Russia. Putin believes that the Slavic nation, of which he considers Russians and Ukrainians to be part of a single nation, was unfairly and incorrectly broken up during the collapse of the Soviet Union, 1991. A full-scale invasion would likely be the biggest conflict in Europe since World War II. And it could likely destabilize international markets. On Friday, as tensions rose, the S&P 500 plunged nearly 2%. That's a drop of $2,500 for the average American's 401k. And with Russia, a huge provider of oil to the world, gas prices are likely to go higher. They've already hit their highest level in eight years. I think the mistake we make in the West sometimes is we think that Putin's some kind of rational actor calculating the cost-benefit analysis of invasion, when in fact he's thinking about his place in the history books 50 years from now. You know, Boston Christian, uh, I 100% I agree with you. Putin is not going to stop at Ukraine. He's living in crazy town. You're right. He may try to seize some of the other countries along the borders of, of Russia. You're 100% right. He's a, he's a madman that has to be stopped. He really does. But how do we stop this madman? That's the question. 
You know, Billy, that's one of the good points that was brought up today, because if he takes over Ukraine, Poland is one of our closest allies, and they're right there. And uh, that could become uh, quite uh, dangerous. Uh, we don't want to get into a conflict with a nuclear-powered country like Russia. I mean, that could be catastrophic on a world level, uh, not only for the United States, but for the whole world. So again, uh, things are very tense right now. And um, he's obviously a madman, but he's not dumb. He's pretty smart. Uh, he's cunning. Uh, he's a former KGB agent. And uh, they have, they've the whole world has underestimated underestimated him. And I think the only thing that he'll understand is strength. So we have to start to uh, show some strength and the NATO countries have to get together. Uh, all of these sanctions, uh, they're, they're talking about how uh, President Biden yesterday said, well, well, let's see what happens in a month. Do you realize what blood can be spilled in a month when you're losing hundreds of lives every day? Uh, we're talking about thousands of people will be dead by the month. This should have been done months ago. And then maybe we wouldn't be dealing with this, you know, and, and there's a small area right next to his border that he was looking to really take over. Maybe he would have stopped at that. But at this point, he's going for the capital of Ukraine. He's looking to take over the whole country. I think a lot of people, um, play babe puts on the air. Uh, let me just put that there. Oh, I got the wrong one. Here it is. I'm in Europe and I'm really scared. You know, I don't blame you play babe. I mean, uh, it's not a good idea to be around war at all. Uh, Dr. Stephen Washkill, good to see you. Uh, he, he writes, I wonder what Mossad is thinking. Yeah, I mean, it, this affects all of these countries, you know, and then all the rogue countries too, like I Iran, Iraq, they, they take these opportunities to misbehave also when the world is in chaos. They'll take their shots. So, this is scary in many, many ways. You know, we had a taste of what I considered a little bit of a taste of war, and I'm sure Phil felt the same way, and Dr. Washkill, I know you were there, when we got hit on 9-11. We got a little taste of what it was like to have war brought to our shores. And whether you agree with me or not, that was a war. That was an act of war. And um, in New York City, we got to experience that, and it was really a scary, scary thing, not just for the first responders, but for everyone that not only lived in New York, but lived in the United States, that we were struck on our own shore, but with our own weapons, with our own using commerce, using airplanes that belong to us, an act of war was committed against our country. So you can imagine the people that live in Europe and how scared they are of this Russian invasion. What's next? If it's not stopped, I mean, I firmly believe that NATO is has never been as strong as it was right after the world wars, and I think it's being weakened because of the whole world economy. Countries are interdependent on each other, and this whole world thing. So, as we said, Germany has this big deal, a pipeline deal with Russia. How resolute are they going to be to hit Russia with sanctions when it directly affects them? Absolutely, Billy. And I'm glad you brought up 9-11 because 9-11 was obviously a massive underestimation by uh, Osama bin Laden. He declared war on us and we laughed at it. And eventually he tried twice and he got to us. And again, they used our own airplanes to cause a catastrophic thing on 9-11 and killed thousands of people. And again, like you said, we're scarred from that. We're scarred from an act of war that took place in 2001. And, you know, you would think that uh, 
instead of underestimating, there was obviously intelligence failures as well in that, that we would learn from that. But uh, we have to uh, really get on our feet and we have to start portraying uh, some strength here. Uh, again, like you said about Germany with these, uh, these reliance on, on, a, on, a, on a, a communist madman dictator for their energy is not really a smart move. They could have stayed with the uh, nuclear powered, uh, you know, systems in, in Germany and they probably would have been okay. I mean, maybe, you know, take a percentage of your, your, uh, your energy from them. But, uh, you know, I saw in, in the, uh, in the chat, Rita Schaefer says open Keystone. Now that was something that Biden did on his first day in office. He shut down the Keystone pipeline. He put 10,000 people on the unemployment line and prices have just been going up ever since then. So yeah, Rita, you make a great point. Let's get that open. Come on. What, what are we doing? We're, we have uh, a, a lot of things that we could do to turn this around and put pressure on them. And it doesn't seem like we're doing all of them. Exactly. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. If you're not a member, please go on our YouTube, hit the subscribe button, ring that bell, give us a thumbs up. And we also have a Patreon. If you want to support us, we have three different levels. And the folks that you see in the chat with the green font, they're members of our YouTube family, our channel members. We appreciate them. We have five different levels of uh, support, I, I, I would call it, in our YouTube family. So if you want to join our YouTube family, just go on policeoffthecuff.com and you can uh, help support uh, this podcast. Yeah, folks, I just, you know, there's there wasn't a lot in the news um, about, obviously, about crime and stuff like that. So we felt sort of an obligation to go on the air and talk about this story because it really affects all of us, you know, and whether you're uh, in the criminal justice field, whether you would like to hear these real crime stories, this story, an invasion of a country by a rogue nation like Russia, uh, is going to affect everyone. And I thought that we just had to speak up about it today. Absolutely, Billy. And I'm glad that you got a hold of me. Uh, this has been conversation between you and I over the last couple of days. And uh, I'm glad we went on and we viewed our opinion a little bit and put it out there. And, you know, uh, watching the news earlier today at lunchtime, uh, I really got choked up watching uh, just a, a little young girl uh, crying in fear after being woken up in the middle of the night by the sounds of explosions. They were forced into the subway system, which has uh, actually become a giant bomb shelter. And uh, it's really heartbreaking. It's heart wrenching. Uh, we don't want to see that. Uh, I don't know how uh, this this guy's going to be able to sleep at night, Putin. And again, I'm calling on his military to really, really think about. It. I mean, it's brother against brother. You're killing your own people. I just wish that uh, we could get to those uh, soldiers and and make them understand what they're doing. I mean, I know that they're following orders, but uh, and when you're in the military, that's what you do. But this is just a terrible situation. A lot of bloodshed is going to be uh, spread throughout that country of Ukraine. And uh, just hope and pray that uh, something can be done to put a stop to it. I think that also uh, there's not, not a lot of support for this war, even within Russia. Yes. They're protesting against their own government's invasion of the Ukraine. So, you know, Russia's economy isn't all that strong. And I don't know, you know, this could become their Afghanistan. You know, if you guys remember in history, Russia invaded Afghanistan in, I believe it was in the 70s or the 80s, and they got their butts kicked. And they spent billions and billions of dollars, which their country could not afford. This could happen in Ukraine, too. So we may not put boots on the ground, but we should support 
the Ukrainian people with supplies, with military supplies, with advisors. I mean, I, I don't think we want to get involved in the war, but we can do it in that way uh, by by supporting them. Yes, absolutely, Bill. And there's, there's a couple of things that we cannot forget. This is not just Vladimir Putin. He's in bed with China, so he's got the backing of China. Whether it's in the public eye or not, we have to keep our eye on China. Two other things, two other points I want to make. He may have uh, uh, underestimated the resolve and the strength of the U- Ukrainian people. That's number one. And number two, he may not have uh, counted on the, the pushback that he's going to get within his own country. So those two factors have to play into this. Uh, he's going to lose a lot of uh, soldiers. There's going to be a lot of bloodshed on his side as well as the Ukrainian side. And he has the people in his country protesting. They made like almost 200 arrests yesterday uh, with a, a few thousand people protesting. So they're going to probably look to, you know, uh, quell that real quick. But the people in Russia aren't happy with this invasion. Like I said, they interviewed people here in New York City, uh, that are from Ukrainian descent and from Russian descent. And they were both on the same page that we don't like this war. We don't want to see this. So uh, those are the two factors he may have underestimated. Let's hope that they play into his thinking going forward. Uh, Marilyn Mineta, I'm very grateful for you guys coming on to just talk about what is happening now. Thank you. Marilyn Mineta, thank you for your great comments. Rita Schaefer, how are you doing? Marie Green, Never in my life would I ever see this world war. Well, I think you mean World War Three. Yes, not in 2022. Yeah, I mean, whenever a country wages war, we have these weapons uh, that are referred to as weapons of mass destruction. And, you know, nuclear weapons, we have drones. And it's really scary what, what the damage that can be done. Lorna McKenzie, yes, there are plenty of Russians who have been demonstrating in Moscow despite the fact that they will be arrested. Yes, you're right, because they feel that strongly about this. Afe Martinez, we are and have been supporting Ukraine. Yes, and we'll continue to. Sibling style, what will happen if we go against him? Will, will he bomb? I, look, uh, Putin is he's, he's threatening us, but I don't think he wants the U.S. involved in this war. Um, Gary Pollock, good to see you. He says one of, or both of us should run for office. I don't think that's going to happen, but thank you, Gary. That's uh, very kind. Lieutenant Pete, you notice how silent the American progressives, liberals are. You're right, Lieutenant Pete. Anything to do with war? The, the left hates the police. They hate the military. So they don't, they don't want to weigh in on this, you know. Uh, Annie C. In Russia, if you don't do as Putin says, you'll be shot. No questions asked. Yes, well, that, that happens to be true. Jen W., hello from Australia. Great to see you. Play, babe. I saw that the Ukrainian pre, uh, prime minister was asking on other countries to go out on the streets to protest against this war as well. Well, I'm hoping that the entire civilized world will protest against Vladimir Putin and put a swift stop to this. Uh, Phil, well, I, I didn't want to go any more than 35 minutes. We're almost at that point. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you last licks here, and then we're going to sign off. Uh, I just want to make a point about uh, the protests that are going on in Russia. In Russia, protests are not handled with kit gloves like they are here in the United States, specifically in New York, where they allow people to go crazy. In Russia, there's an iron fist that clamps down on those people immediately. They made 175 arrests of a peaceful demonstration. There was no rioting going on. So just think about that. Those people know what they're going to come up against, and they still went into the streets to protest this. So it's not uh, the people of Russia are not behind this invasion. Uh, Prayers to the people of Ukraine. Uh, let's hope and pray that this 
madman comes to his senses and pulls back and stops the bloodshed. Um, again, uh, I just can only hope and pray that uh, things are put in place, whether it be the United States and NATO, the other countries around the world, to try and put a stop to this. We don't need to be boots on the ground, 100%, Billy. I agree with that. I don't want one of our people uh, getting in the middle of this thing. And uh, again, he's a nuclear power. We don't want to mess around with that. So uh, there's other things that we could do, diplomacy, sanctions. Uh, President Biden, ramp up the production. Let's go. Let's 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 hurt him in the pocket. Let's get that oil flowing. Yep. <laughs> you know. All right, guys, this has been Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. Perhaps we'll cover this again because it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. But thank you uh, for listening and have a, a safe day, everyone. Stay safe, everyone. One episode, just